Welcome to the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. It's Indiana. Watford for the win! Yes! Yes! Unbelievable! Your daily home for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. Welcome to Indiana basketball. Smart takes the shot! And the Hoosiers with three seconds. Go ahead. Indiana wins the championship. Keith Smart is the hero. When my time on earth is gone and my activities here are past, I want they bury me upside down and my critics can kiss my Now here's your host, Matt Dennison. It's Indiana. What I feel is the pinnacle, the absolute pinnacle of all of college basketball. Hello and welcome in Friday edition of the program. Big game for IU coming up this weekend. I think the Michigan road game could be tricky for this team, but they're playing at a high rate. And if they can keep that up, I think they'll get the victory. But this is a tough game. And really, as discussed yesterday on the show, it's going to be a tough close to the season. It's not just for Indiana. I thought, man, is it just me or does Indiana kind of have a rough stretch the rest of the way, it's it's everybody. I mean, it's just the Big Ten Conference, and I know that there's not that many teams in the top 25. Still a good number of teams projected to make the NCAA tournament, but it's just the rough and tumble of the Big Ten Conference. It's like this every year. This should be no surprise to anyone, uh, but definitely Indiana's opportunity to get a, a road win, which is uh, valued and important and needed in the Big Ten, is ahead. And we're in a real race right now for Big Ten standings. Uh, that's that's the, the, the big picture here that we get to watch unfold over the next few weeks of the season. I don't think, as discussed, that anybody's going to be able to catch Purdue, but there's a logjam, uh, both with IU and Rutgers in second place and then a ton of teams behind IU and Rutgers for third place. It's going to be really interesting to see how things wind up the rest of the way and seeding is so very important because you get to a certain level and you're guaranteed a double buy in the Big Ten tournament which is huge because that physical play the rough and tumble that we always talk about of the Big Ten you can avoid two days of that in the conference tournament with a double buy depending on how high you finish in the conference standing so the way I see it Indiana really not playing for a conference championship here uh, Rutgers either, but more so playing, unless Purdue caves, let me go back and say that, but uh, more so playing for a double bye and for a really good setup and maybe a really good chance to bring home a Big Ten tournament title. That to me is what everybody uh, beneath uh, Purdue that's in the running uh, is playing for the rest of the way. So uh, but we'll talk a lot of IU basketball today. I'd be remiss if right out of the gate I don't mention the Indiana women's team and the victory that they had last night, unfortunately I did not get a chance to watch a ton of it, but the crowd, even 20 minutes before the game, I saw photos, amazing, a new record crowd, uh, attendance record set last night at Assembly Hall. Indiana tied at halftime, able to win the ball game. I think a nine-point margin was the final score. Uh, really big stuff for this IU women's program. They last night took a huge step forward toward winning a Big Ten women's championship. They're not there yet. There are some question marks ahead. It's a lot like the men's side of things, but 
much more of a competitive race with Indiana, Iowa, and a few other teams in the mix. But can the Hoosiers get that done? It appears that at this point they would be the favorite to do so. And this Indiana team is, I mean, no surprise here. They're looking at a, a top seed in the NCAA tournament. Uh, so some great opportunities for both the IU men and the IU women ahead as we start to think about Big Ten tournaments and postseason basketball. And it's not always been this way. In fact, the last couple of years or certain seasons, the women recently have been really your only hope in March. But now this year you get the opportunity to have uh, some strong play in March, I think, from both sides potentially. So, But we'll talk more about the IU women's win last night over Iowa they just continue to play really good basketball and continue to do some good stuff. Let's look at the show lineup. It's a service of Honey Baked Ham in New Albany. Segment one, here in just a moment, we'll take a look at uh, our uh, headlines of the day. We'll get you set for the high school basketball weekend that's ahead. By the way, New Albany, Providence here tonight on the Big X beginning at 7.15. Later in the show, here on this Friday program, Dylan Wallace, the sports editor of the Seymour Tribune, will stop by. We'll preview the IU-Michigan game. We'll talk IU-Iowa, the women last night, and a lot more with him in our regular Friday conversation. And then in the show also later on, we'll be joined by Kyle Neddenrip of the Indianapolis Star. A lot of interesting things to talk about with Kyle. This new regional and semi-state format I know has got some people buzzing. Jalen Harrelson last night for Fishers. He had a monster performance. Uh, he continues to do some really special things as a sophomore. Uh, of course, Indiana and so many schools in the Big Ten definitely after him. But uh, a lot to catch up with Kyle on as we head into a big regional weekend for the girls as well. Lanesville and Corden, two of our somewhat local teams, a little to the west, still alive. It'll be playing for regional championships, just one game regional championships this week as opposed to the typical morning and evening round. That'll be saved now for the semi-state round of things. But uh, that's the lineup for today, a service of Honey Baked Ham in New Albany. Don't forget to check out their dinner package deals, which are being offered. You can dine in, take them to go, and curbside service is still available as well at Honey Baked Ham in New Albany. Also, the Thornton's text line is open. Here's my question to you. Did you watch the IU women's game last night? And did you go to the IU women's game last night. I know a number of people that made the trip to Bloomington for the game that had been wanting to see this team play all season and thought, here's the big opportunity to do so. And I, I tell you what, NCAA tournament crowds for those women's games at Assembly Hall are going to just shatter these records that have been set this year, I believe. But it, did you go? like to hear from you. 502-414-1450. Again, 502 414 1450. That's the Thornton's text line. Right now, you can get a free sausage, egg, and cheese biscuit, a bacon, egg, and cheese croissant, or a steak and egg burrito, and any fountain drink, tea, or fizz freeze, or 20-ounce bottled soda when you become a new Refreshing Rewards member. Simply download the app and register today for Refreshing Rewards to earn your free breakfast on Thornton's. All right, let's take a look at some headlines First from last night, the women's game, another record crowd at Assembly Hall, a top-five matchup uh, between Indiana and Iowa last night. Number two, Iowa uh, took their lead to a nice, somewhat comfortable margin uh, in the fourth quarter, 
And uh, I tell you what, got the win last night. The IU women, 23-1, and 13-1 in the Big Ten Conference. Uh, defeated an Iowa team that's now 19-5 and and 11-2. and Of course, Iowa got a big game from Caitlin Clark. She's really good last night. But Mackenzie Holmes and Grace Berger, uh, really good for the IU women. New attendance record, it's into the 13,000s now. 13,046 fans were jammed in to the lowest levels of Assembly Hall that they could possibly get for a tremendous uh, crowd. And that set a new regular season high that was just set a couple weeks ago back at the Ohio State game in late January. And I think they had just over 13,000, like 13,005 or six fans there for the WNIT championship game back in 2018. But uh, last night eclipsed that record as well. So you had Caitlin Clark of Iowa, one of the leading candidates for the Big Ten Player of the Year, also, Mackenzie Holmes, I think she's in that conversation and is right there with Clark as a potential player of the year in the conference last night. And those two players were just outstanding. I was at a, a meeting this morning uh, talking to a group of people, and it's just interesting to hear what other people have to say. Uh, Grace Berger played her elementary basketball, even though she played at Sacred Heart and is considered from Louisville. Uh, I've always mentioned she has a lot of connections here to Southern Indiana. She played her uh, high school basket, her elementary basketball, excuse me, uh, at the uh, at Holy Family in New Albany. Somebody said this morning, so uh, pretty cool. Justin Kalen also just passed along that the February 19th Indiana game, the Indiana women's game, according to IU is going to be a sellout. So I'm not sure exactly what number that is, if that's the total number that fills Assembly Hall, I would assume. But general admission for that game, I'm assuming every ticket for that game, if they're calling it a sold-out, a sellout, uh, has been reached. So how about that? Coming up here in a week and a half or so, this Indiana women's team will play uh, in a sellout crowd at Assembly Hall. That is really, really cool stuff for them and great experience as well as they get ready to head into the postseason. So just special what's going on. Coach Morin, Seymour native, Southern Indiana native. She's got them rolling. And you think back to that WNIT game in 2018, that was a lot of fun to follow the team that year. And they've even taken major, major steps uh, since that point as well. Indiana-Michigan on the men's side coming up on Saturday. It's a 6 p.m. tip-off. That game will be on ESPN the uh, 17 and 7 Hoosiers will take on Michigan, who's coming off of home victories over Ohio State and Nebraska. So the Wolverines are primed and ready for this game against the Hoosiers. And a lot of up and downs this season for, um, for the Michigan team. Keep in mind, they had uh, an injury earlier in the season. Jalen Llewellyn, he tore his ACL. And that was that loss to Kentucky that was played over in the U.K. Uh, in London. And so D Doug McDaniel has been getting a lot of starting opportunities now for the Wolverines. Two freshmen and a sophomore with the primary backcourt duties for this Michigan club. Of course, Hunter Dickinson, he remains the go-to stud for this Michigan team. He's averaging 18 points, 8.5 rebounds, almost two blocks a game. He's playing 31 minutes a game. Terrence Williams, the starter at the four, uh, not been maybe the player some thought he might be this season. Six foot forward came in with uh, kind of expected to help Michigan maybe, if you remember, 
be up near the top of the Big Ten standings. Uh, Jet Howard, he's a very likely a first-round NBA draft pick as, as well. He's at the three. And uh, so that's just a quick rundown, just some thoughts on Michigan. I think it'll be a tough game. Any road game is tough in the Big Ten, really in college basketball. Any road game is tough. But Michigan will be a challenge, I think, for sure, uh, for this Indiana team coming up uh, this weekend on Saturday afternoon. High school basketball this weekend, New Albany and Providence, uh, the big headline game of the evening. Providence, 14-3 and on the season. Looking to finish things out. They've got, I think, a great opportunity to win out the rest of the way, including tonight, uh, to finish with just three losses on the season. That would set them up nicely in advance of their 2A sectional 46. We all know what lies ahead for Providence in the sectional, a potential and very likely rematch at some point between the Pioneers and the Brownstown Braves, and that's going to be a lot of fun if and when that matchup takes place. But Ryan Miller's ball club has been solid. I swear their defense gets better by the game. And one thing you know, when Providence comes to play, uh, they are going to be prepared and they are going to know the team they are playing. Uh, As far as prep and uh, alignment, one of the best teams and really best jobs I've ever seen as far as preparation. New Albany tonight, they're on the struggle bus. Nine and nine, finally got a win on Saturday against a very dismal Columbus East team, 64-53, the final score. But before that, New Albany had dropped six straight games. Going into early January, this New Albany club was winning games. They were in games. They posted 103 points against Southwestern Hanover on January 10th. They lost to Jeff the game before, 67-63, but had a good showing, especially in the first half and led at halftime. But things have really gotten away from New Albany here as they've taken on some really good, tough competition. So New Albany and Providence tonight. That's the game that we'll broadcast. And because it's a rivalry game, because of, uh, you know, 73 team, the state champs coming back to New Albany tonight, I understand. That might help. The crowd might help keep it more of a reasonable game than what I might predict. Someone sent me the John Harrell prediction, uh, you know, the, the guy that keeps all the schedules and scores and is just a, a real legend, really, in high school basketball in our state. But I think he's got Providence by three. If I was setting some sort of prediction, it would be Providence by a lot more than that. But because it's at the doghouse and because it's a lot of festivities and Jim Shannon's final year, he's going to do everything he can to have his club ready to go against Providence and come out with a good start. So maybe it's close. Maybe it's a three-point game. Uh, but I easily think it could be a lot more than that as well. And Saturday, we're not doing this game on the radio, but don't forget coming up uh, very soon, uh, we've got Jeffersonville and uh, Jennings County. That game will take place at Jeff. So if you're looking for a good Saturday night high school game to take in, I really think that Jennings County-Jeff game could be a preview of what the sectional could be like. Jennings County 16-1, and they're the favorite in the conference, the favorite in the sectional. But Jeff's got just enough athleticism and some talent that's coming on here. We'll see how they do as they close out the regular season. If somebody is going to knock off the Panthers 
or cause the Panthers some shooting problems, perhaps it's the Red Devils. So we'll get a preview of maybe another sectional matchup coming up on Saturday night as well. That's a look at our headlines for this Friday edition of the program. We'll head to a commercial break. We're back to talk IU women and IU Michigan, the men's game, coming up with Dylan Wallace, the sports editor of the Seymour Tribune. Don't forget to send in your text. The Thornton's text line is open, 502-414-1450. Again, 502-414-1450. Somebody text already. Texture says, really exciting game. I watched the IU women last night. Uh, I thought so, too. Good to know. We'll head to a break. Back with more after this on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. We're back on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. Let's win this and for all the small schools who never had a chance to get here. Join Matt Daly at 11 a.m. for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. Let's win for Coach. You got us here. Here's Matt Dennison. And we're back here on this Friday program. Dylan Wallace, sports editor of the Seymour Tribune, joins us in this segment. Don't forget the Thornton's text line is open. That number, 502-414-1450. Again, 502-414-1450 if you got a question, a comment, uh, whatever it may be. IU basketball specifically in this segment. Be happy to uh, get it on the air. Dylan, I tell you what, you know the IU women are making some big strides, not just in their play, but also in uh, the interest that fans have in their program because the last couple Fridays coming off of big Thursday games and wins for this Indiana team, we've spent darn near as much with the women as we have the men. We have, and um, every time they go out with a, a big-time opponent, um, they're, they're breaking the attendance record. Um, you know, Ohio, Ohio State a couple weeks ago, was somewhere around 10,000, which is a regular season record. Um, you know, I'm, I know I mentioned this before, but, you know, the WIT game that I covered in 2018, it was 13,007 fans were there. And that was like, that's like the all-time record. Well, they broke that last night against Iowa. Uh, 13,046, I think, was the official number. So they, they beat it by, you know, uh, like 39 people uh, showed up last night. So that was um, that, that was pretty cool to see and to see, the whole lower level filled, and then people um, in the balcony. And, um, you know, I was able to catch a little bit of the game toward the end, and um, it, it sounded, honestly, just like you're watching a men's game. Um, the way they got into it during big runs, the team would go on. Um, you know, it, it was just really fun to watch. And they, they've created a lot of interest and, and a lot of excitement around Indiana fans. It's been cool to see people show up. You know, they just announced 20 minutes ago that the Purdue game uh, at home is a sellout, first ever sellout in program history. So, they're doing awesome things, and um, you know to reach the highest ranking they've ever had in program history, at number two in the country, it's pretty special. And you know they're playing like it too. I think it's all it's all earned, it's all deserved, and um, it's been pretty pretty incredible to watch. And last night's game, you know that that, that was basically two, you know who's going to take control of the Big Ten here, and uh, Indiana was able to get the win against a really good Iowa team with with a really good player, a couple really good players actually. So. Um, that was a huge win, and um, you know they still. I think we talked a little bit last week. They still have a lot of tough games to go here, but you know they put themselves in a position here to to win the Big Ten and and to host uh, again for the second straight year in the NCAA tournament to be a one seed in the NCAA tournament. Um, so it's going to be uh, pretty special here. And I think you know Terry Moran had a great quote saying, you know we 
you know, we're, we're kind of writing our own book here. We're writing our own chapters. And my challenge to the team is don't let anybody else, you know, hold the pen, which is, you know, it's, it's a pretty cool quote there. You know, they control their own destiny here. They, they have, you know, they, they want to have their hand on the pen. They want to be able to, to make things happen themselves and not let other teams dictate, you know, what they're able to accomplish. So uh, it's, it's a special year. It's a record-breaking year in every sense in terms of, you know, the ranking, um, the, the, the attendance records they're getting. Um, it's just it's just been really fun to watch. And, uh, you know, it doesn't seem like they're, they're slowing down anytime soon. So um, I'm sure the, the, the fan base is going to continue to, you know, show up and show out for them. And, um, you know, it's fun when both Indiana basketball programs are, are kind of humming like this right now and the women are, are really taking off and they're using a lot of momentum and it's been a lot of fun to watch. Dylan, a couple texts I want to get on real quick from the Thornton's text line. Texter says, and this is a great point right here, and I, I, I mean, I've watched the women play. I don't know them like I know the men's team or haven't seen near as many games, but Texter says the women have so many weapons. They have six players who could score 20 points on any given night. And I agree. They have not their entire starting lineup is capable of doing big things in the scoring column, and even some off the bench as well. So that's a great point. And then here's here's another interesting comment. Uh, another texture says, "Surprising that a WNIT game attracted that many fans. Not sh- sure the last men's NIT game hosted at Assembly Hall attracted that many fans." So. Uh, there's some interest in this team, and there's plenty of weapons on this team. And, Dylan, they took a big step forward last night to a Big Ten championship. Yeah, and, and you have to remember about that WNIT team. You know, it was the last year of, of Tyra Buss and Amanda Cahill who, you know, before the Grace Burgers and Mackenzie Holmes and Allie Papergs that, you know, we, we've sort of learned about the last couple of years. You know, those, those two, Buss and Cahill, were sort of like, the you know, the biggest women's basketball players, you know, that have been around here in Bloomington. And, you know, it was their – kind of last run they were both seniors so that that game was going to be their last game they were able to host it so it was a really awesome crowd that showed up for it um and and you know that that kind of i mean that was really what what started this this momentum of the program because you know they've made the tournament every year since then um they've made an elite eight and a sweet 16 and you know you mentioned about the the six players who can put up a lot of points you know this is this is the deepest team that they've had um in terry Moran's tenure you know a lot of past teams it's really been heavy, relied heavy on just like the five starters that, you know, Tara Morin, you know, you know, she wouldn't go to her bench a whole lot. There'd be maybe one player that could come off the bench. Um, but now, I mean, they, they have a bunch more weapons than, than, you know, they're used to having, you know, when they went to the lead eight, uh, two years ago, you know, it was basically the starting five played most of the minutes, you know, with, and Holmes and Berger were a part of that team, but now they have, you know, they added Sydney Parrish, um, from Oregon, you know, she's in Indiana, Went to high school here in Indiana. They added Sarah Scalia from Minnesota, who's a really good three-point shooter. Um, the freshman Garzon from Israel. I mean, she's been she's been pretty incredible. And you know, Claire Moore McNeil. You know, she's been on the team, but she's taken a huge step up in in her kind of development. Um, and you know, at first, early in her career, you were kind of wondering, you know, what what kind of player she could be. And she's turned herself into a big-time piece of this team. And you know, obviously, you know, you don't need to say much about Grace Berger, Mackenzie Holmes. I mean, those two have been pretty phenomenal. They were both amazing last night. You know, both had over 20 points in the game and really kind of took over. So, you know, that's, you know, that's, that's, those are the names right there that I just named off that, that can really put up, you know, any kind of points every night for them. And um, it's been really good to see because, like I said, the, you know, the team lacked a little bit of depth in their previous tournament runs. And the fact that they have a little bit more um, depth and Terry Moore and trust a little bit more players this season, you know, that's why they've been as good as they have been is because the team just has a little bit more options to go to. You know, and I think we're seeing that a little bit with the men's team, too. You know, it's been a while since 
you've been able to rely on a couple more than you know just Trace. You know, you have you have another guys that can step up in different moments. So, um, you know, it, it, that, that that does wonders for your team when you have more people you can count on. And um, you know, to have as, as constant players like Holmes and Berger are right now is it's really special when you can sprinkle in those other weapons. Um, it makes for a really dangerous team uh, come, come March. And you know, this team has a, a lot of, uh, you know, abilities to be able to make a deep run again. And, you know, like I said, if they get a number one seed, uh, they're going to be able to host a little bit. And then I think the regional, you know, last year they were able to host and then they had to go play a regional uh, against UConn. And it was really close to where, you know, UConn, with his, where the campus is. So it's basically a home game for, for the Huskies. So, you know, maybe there's a chance that for Indiana after they host their first two games, you know, that regional, you know, Sweet 16 could be closer to Indiana for them. So, um, you know, that, that, that opens up a lot of possibilities, a lot of advantages for them if they're able to earn that top spot. And um, it looks like they, they really are going to. So um, it, it's, it's really fun to watch. It's a deep team, a really good team. They play really good. They execute well on offense. They play tough defense. And, um, you know, I think, I think this could be a really special year here. And, um, you know, I think – fans are going to be pretty excited and uh you know this could this, this could be the team you know if they're ever going to make the final four for the first time in program history um it you know the path could 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 open up for them this season to do it and um hopefully they're able to keep rolling and i, and I feel like they are i feel like they, they have a pretty good mentality about them and you know i i've known terry Morin for a little bit covering their team and then she always kind of does a good job of not letting the outside noise the rankings all that kind of stuff you know get to the team's head and i think they're gonna be pretty focused here and um and hopefully it starts with winning a Big Ten title, and then you win a Big Ten tournament, and then you you know you go from there and see what you can do in March. Dylan Wallace, sports editor of the Seymour Tribune. We're starting off today talking about the IU women, their big victory last night over Iowa. A lot of fans, a lot of buzzing in our area down here, Dylan, about people wanting to get to games, and I think if and when they host the first-round NCAA tournament games, that 13,000, whatever it was last night, record will be shattered. I think you'll see even more than that come for the postseason then you mentioned the Purdue game coming up it's already a sellout so big stuff going on with the women that is for sure but we've got to get our attention to the men here for a few minutes big and what I think tough game coming up at Michigan any team with a Hunter Dickinson on it you can never take lightly especially on the road in the Big Ten Conference yeah, it's going to be a tough game, and you know Michigan. For as much as it seemed like they were struggling early on in the year, um, that that's not the case anymore. They, they've they've figured out. You know, they've kind of turned things around here. I think they've won three in a row, um, and you know they're 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 going to be at home obviously on on Saturday. So, and you know they're both both teams are, are eight and five in the conference, and um, you know the, the, there's a couple of them that are all there. So you know second place in the Big Ten is still up for grabs right now. You got. Indiana Northwestern, Rutgers, and Michigan are all eight and five, uh, tied for second. So this is a huge game in terms of conference standings. Um, you know where you could be seated in the Big Ten tournament. You know the tiebreaker between these teams. They end up, you know, being. Uh, I know. I think Michigan comes to Bloomington um, a little bit later too, so they'll be able to play them again. But uh, yeah, this is a huge game. And you know, Indiana's won seven of eight here. Michigan's on a three-game win streak. I use one two in a row. So I think this is massive. And you know, Trey, obviously, you know, with Hunter Dickinson. You know, he, he's given Trace issues in the past. You know, think about that game in Bloomington last year after Indiana beat Purdue. You know, he, he completely dominated the game really from start to finish, and, and Indiana had no chance. And then you go back to the Big Ten tournament where Indiana got its revenge. Um, you know, that game, really, Michigan had control for the first, you know, it felt like 30 minutes until Indiana really turned it on down the stretch to, to come back and win. But, um, you know, Michigan, they, they've had a really good formula for beating Indiana over the years, and, 
Um, you know, I think that Big Ten tournament game hopefully gives Indiana a little bit more confidence that they can come in and beat them. But it's going to be a tough one. It's going to be a tough environment. Michigan's playing well. They have a lot of really good athletic guards. You know, Jet Howard, Juwan Sun, he's back. I think he was injured a little bit ago. You know, Kofi Bubkin, he's a really good guard. So it's going to be it's going to be a tough game. It's, I think teams they match up pretty well with each other in terms of you know styles and the guys on the floor. But um, you know, I think this is a really big game. I think you know as much as we talked about Purdue and Rutgers as, as huge games as they as they were, and it was massive. Indiana got two wins there. Um, it doesn't doesn't get any easier because I think this game against Michigan is just as big in terms of you know standings. You know what your record's going to be a quality win here. So um, I, I'm really curious to see how this game plays out. Obviously, Indiana. You know, last time we're on the road at Maryland is a little bit of a struggle. Um, you know, you you're hoping you get more of the Illinois performance out of them when when the Hoosiers went to Champaign and really put it on the Illini. And you know, you you hope you get a similar performance uh, to that Saturday because they're going to need it to to be able to get a win here. And I think you know, four of the next five are on the road, so this team really needs to, to be able to you know bottle up what they've been doing at home and bring it on the road with them because um, that's how you know if you want to be a Big Ten uh, title contender, you know that's what you have to do. You have to win on the road in the conference. You know, Purdue's only lost once on the road, and that was to, to Indiana. So, you know, you got to be able to win some of these games. And um, I, I hope, you know, even if you lose at Michigan on Saturday, I hope that the game is at least, you know, respectable and, and, it, and it was competitive. Because if you come out like you did against Maryland um, and you play like that, uh, you know, you, you, you hope you don't lose momentum of what you just accomplished at home the last two games. So hopefully they can, they can show up. Uh, but it's going to be tough, like you said, with Dickinson and, and those guards. Um, it's going to be a tough matchup, but – and that keeps playing like how they've been playing. I, I think they have a good shot here to make it, you know, make it a good game down the stretch. I'm talking with Dylan Wallace. He's sports editor of the Seymour Tribune and joins this show on Fridays. One thing that I have not mentioned about the Purdue win or the Rutgers win, both home wins for Indiana, is the benefit those environments and that type of success can have when it comes to recruiting. And in the next segment, we're going to talk with Kyle Neddenrip about some recruiting topics and about Jalen Harrelson up at Fishers and some big games that he has had recently. But Dylan, those two home environments were awesome. And I don't, I think I've seen bits and pieces of maybe who was there. I, I don't even recall off the top of my head, but uh, these wins with Indiana playing at an uptick like they've been and the crowd really into it and things rocking at Assembly Hall, this is a really good time for the coaches to do some extra recruiting and to check in with some players and see where Indiana stands uh, with some of these big names, especially in our own state. Yeah, it's massive. You know, um, you know. I, I remember, I mean, I'm, I'm not a basketball crew by any means, but just the first time you're in that electric uh, Assembly Hall crowd, it, it really just, you know, you just feel differently about, you know, the program and the building when you're in something like that. You know, I'm, my first game in that environment was against North Carolina in 2016 when IU had OG Ananobi and Thomas Bryant. And, you know, you're kind of like, wow, this is like, this is something different. You know, this, this feels different than any kind of basketball game. You know, I've been to plenty of NBA games, stuff that you've been, you, you experienced. So I can only imagine for recruits, you know, when you're, you know, when you're the ones actually envisioning, you know, yourself playing on that floor because, you know, it's a realistic possibility for them. You know, when they're in an environment like that, it's got to feel pretty cool um, to be able to, to sit there and watch a game like Purdue um, and see them play like that, see the crowd, how awesome it is. And, you know, you kind of picture yourself, you know, in their shoes, like, you know, what if I hit this big three or get this big dunk? You know, it's going to be a pretty awesome experience. And, um, you know, I, I think I think a lot of the recruits who were there, uh, I think some of them, I think, you know, Ja'Kai Newton was there. He's obviously already committed, but I think there were a lot of other key uh, recruits that were in the building uh, either on Saturday or on Tuesday, and um, you know it, it's a pretty big deal when you when you have those types of environments, and especially when you win the game. 
um, because it's just really awesome for, for for you know younger kids to be able to experience that. And you know, it, it's it's pretty. Uh, it's, it, you know, it can convince people a, a lot of ways. You know, when you ha- when you when they kind of are you get to experience that and know that you know, hey, when I come here, I'll be able to play in environments like this. I'll be able to play on ESPN. You know, in, in that mid afternoon window in an environment like this. You know, that these are the kind of games that this program will be able to put me in, and you know, it, it's pretty special. And I think you know, when you when you've got guys like Jalen Hutchinson and Malik Renew, five star guys that are both playing big minutes in those games, it also helps that you know you realize, hey, you know, these guys. These guys came in and recruited maybe like I did, and, you know, they're playing and, and they're being used. So, you know, why can't I be like that? So I, it's a really big opportunity, and, and I think, you know, Indiana, you know, that's one of the advantages Indiana has, and that's why I think it's been frustrating for people that the program has struggled over the years and, and hasn't maybe landed some of these recruits because they, they have a lot of these, you know, advantages and they have a lot of these appeals, you know, when you have crowds like that, environments like that. Um, and, and you get these players, you know, it, it's a really special thing when, when it all comes together. And, you know, for them to experience that, uh, I can only imagine it, it you know, it, it kind of leaves a lasting kind of imprint on their mind of, of what it was like, what's it like to play in a big game in Bloomington. Because obviously, you know, when you come on campus and visit, it's obviously cool. And now you're really nice. Bloomington's a really nice place to be. But when you get to see that game in an assembly hall atmosphere like that, um, it, it's definitely just a little different. And it, and it can definitely sway you one way or the other. And, uh, I, can, I can only imagine that these guys are probably going to be thinking about that uh, environment in Bloomington the last, you know, two nights for a while now. And, you know, it's only probably a positive thing. And the coaches can obviously use that to their advantage as well when they're recruiting these guys. So uh, a big deal here, especially for some of the inside guys, like you said, um, for them to be able to, to kind of see that. So, uh, it, 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 you know, if anything, you know, the, the, these last two games definitely helped them in that regard. And hopefully they keep it up. they got they got some more big home games coming up, you know, Illinois a week from tomorrow, you know, there's, there's some more uh, big conference games at home that I'm sure more recruits will be in the building for, and they'll be able to experience more environments like that. So it only helps them be able to recruit these guys, and you know, I think Indiana's yeah, coaching staff's done a pretty good job so far, so hopefully it continues, and, and those environments uh, only help them be able to land some of these guys too. All right, we're talking with Dylan Wallace, sports editor of the Seymour Tribune. Dylan, big high school weekend coming up as well. I know you'll be busy covering some things there. Thanks for the chat today. Uh, We'll see if this momentum for the IU men and women can continue when we talk with you next Friday. Yep, sounds good. Thank you. All right, a couple other quick things to get here before we go to a break. Uh, Texter says, it's great that IU gets and goes after so many in-state kids. It was frustrating to lose so many in-state players in past seasons. Thank you for the text. Also, I've done this the last couple of years. You know I love my high school basketball. You know I love Southern Indiana sports. So the future, I think, is bright as far as who's coming up the pipelines for our respective schools. But last night, the Clark Floyd 7th and 8th grade tournaments came to a conclusion, and the Silver Creek 8th grade team, they won the 8th grade Clark Floyd championship they finished 70-0 and 0 in middle school games, that group did, as 8th graders, 7th graders, and 6th graders in, the, in actual true school basketball games there at Silver Creek. That's just an amazing record and a lot of dominance. And there's a handful of kids on the, the, the team collectively is really good, but there's a handful of kids on that team that really have some outstanding potential. We'll see how they grow, develop, and so forth. Also last night, Scribner barely got past 
Parkview. So it was a battle of the Bulldogs and Devils with Scribner and Parkview. Noah Washington is fantastic for Scribner. He is oozing with potential. He's starting to grow and get real long and lanky. Uh, A chance to be a really special player. You hate to get too excited about 7th and 8th graders. Uh, Still at that point, there's opportunity for improvement or even regress. But Noah Washington is a special name, and I wanted to give him and Scribner and also the Silver Creek 8th graders a a shout-out for their Clark Floyd tournament wins last night. We'll head to a commercial break. We're back with Kyle Neddenrip of the Indianapolis Star. Going to talk some recruiting. Jalen Harrelson has been playing great. There are some other things in high school basketball to touch on. Stay with us. This is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennis. We're back on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. You know, a basketball hero around here is treated like a god. I mean, I- Join Matt Daly at 11 a.m. for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. You know, most people would kill to be treated like a god just for a few moments. Here's Matt Dennison. And we're back on this Friday program. Kyle Deddenrip of the Indianapolis Star is my guest. And, Kyle, we got a lot of ground to cover in just a few minutes to do so. I don't know how much the casual listener here in southern Indiana will care. So if you could give us the Cliff Notes version, I would appreciate it. But kind of the shakeup in high school sports in Indianapolis yesterday, Carmel told Center Grove they're not interested in playing in any sport uh, beginning next season. What's the deal there? Yeah. <laughs> How long you got? Uh, no, it's, it's, uh, it's kind of gone back. Uh, if you go back to December of 2021, and, uh, you know, at that point, Farmville and Center Grove were looking to get out of the, the MIC and potentially go to the Hoosier uh, Crossroads Conference, which is basically suburban Indianapolis, uh, you know, Zionsville, Westfield, Fishers, HSC, Brownsburg, Avon, uh, you know, so that, that was kind of the, the plan at that time. And, uh, you know, they ended up getting voted out of the mix, uh, which was surprising to both of them, uh, you know, from talking to people at the time, they didn't know that was about to happen. And uh, the mix said, hey, if you're looking to get out, we'll go ahead and kick you out. And uh, and then, you know, the HEC didn't vote them in, which they thought they had the, the votes to get in. They did not. So now they're independents. So that kind of, you know, that's a little bit of background on, you know, not necessarily this issue, but, you know, they, they there's been some, uh, there was a, a court storming earlier this year at uh, Center Grove. Center Grove beat uh, Carmel for the first time in a long time in boys basketball. And uh, after the game, uh, Ryan Osborne, the Carmel coach, kind of walked through uh, the students instead of going around, uh, you know, depending on who you talk to. You know, I've watched the video several times. You can't I know people want to see what they want to see, but uh, you can't see him push any kid, in my opinion. Uh, the kid does push him, and he kind of comes after the kid. And, uh, you know, nothing happened but uh, from there. But, but the kid was suspended three games. Uh, you know, Osborne was, uh, you know, um, understandably not happy. And Senator Rupp people were like, well, why are you walking through the, the kids? Which I think is understandable, too, to wonder. But... At any rate, that was kind of, there were some other things that happened. I know, uh, you know, from talking to people behind the scenes that, that, that 
Karma wasn't happy about with Center Rove, things that I didn't think were that big a deal. Uh, but but this, this kind of this incident kind of seemed to be the tipping point for it. And honestly, it may be a reason for them to try to get into the HCC again without Center Grove. Um, you know, I think that's maybe going to be the fallout of this is that, you know, I think people assume they were kind of tied together like they're both trying to get in the HCC together. I think now, obviously, they're not tied together in any way. And I think Farmer probably makes more sense to the HCC than Center Grove does from a geography standpoint. They're in Northside Suburban School. A lot of the HCC is, like I mentioned with, you know, Fisher's HSC. Zionsville, Westfield, all those schools are in their same neighborhood, basically, and rivals with them anyway. Noblesville is another one. Uh, so, you know, that may make more sense. Center Grove does, isn't really close to any of those schools, other than Franklin, Franklin Central is a neighbor, but that's it, uh, as far as, you know, being real close to them. So, you know, I think what's going to happen, and the Carmel has not responded uh, to, I, at this point, I don't believe anybody, uh, as far as, you know, I have talked to a lot of people behind the scenes. I can't, you know, say everything that I know, obviously. But, uh, you know, it's just uh, the bottom line is I don't think it's, they're going to play anymore, which I think is unfortunate. Um, you know, they had a copper kettle game they played every year in football. It's one of the most highly attended games every year. It's, uh, you know, it's, it's a, a great rivalry game. You know, those schools have been great in football and obviously a lot of other sports, too. Uh, you know, people care about that game, you know, and now it's going to go away and it kind of creates this sort of, you know, what if they play in the tournament, you know, and now it becomes an almost bigger deal than it needs to be, in my opinion. But, uh, you know, I, I, I don't think everyone from side agrees with this decision either. I'll say that. I don't, I don't think they're aligned on what they, I don't think everybody wants to end this uh, rivalry uh, on their side. Uh, and certainly not on Center Grove's side. They're trying to, Center Grove's hoping for a, discussion about this and, and you know I know their principal sent out a, a, a you know a message yesterday they were shocked by this I don't know if they were shocked by it I think that's somewhat PR uh, on their part but I think it did catch them by surprise somewhat and um, yeah but it's a it's too bad I mean it's just it's a it's a game that uh, I think everybody on both sides look forward to every year and, and uh, especially in football and, and other sports too and they sort of need each other for scheduling and it's they're not going to play anymore. So, I don't know. I mean, all these out-of-state games are great. I mean, playing teams in Ohio and, and St. Louis or whatever, but I don't really care about those You know, the, the games that you care about are the rivalry games, not the, you know, the, the great Midwest team from another state. I, I, I could really care less for the most part about those games, and I think most people probably feel that way. Kyle Neddenrip, the Indianapolis Star. Yeah, a complicated issue, hard to understand, but – uh, two huge schools in our state, and especially very successful schools when it comes to uh, so many different high school sports here in Indiana. Uh, Kyle, one other thing, Jalen Harrelson, he had an unbelievable game earlier this week. His recruitment continues to really expand, and gosh, he's had some big games and big numbers. I've, I've only seen video clips of him since the high school season began but he is a really intriguing prospect, and it's easy to see why Indiana, Purdue, and so many others want to get him on campus and want him at their games and ultimately want him to come there for, for college hoops. Yeah, I'm going to go see him tonight, actually. They play Cathedral uh, over at Cathedral, so looking forward to, to seeing that. And uh, I almost went to the Anderson game uh, Tuesday night and kind of kicking myself I didn't. I, I and where did I go? I can't remember where. I was at uh, Zionsville. Zionsville and uh, Center Grove, actually. So uh, that was a good one as well. But, uh, yeah, he went nuts that game. And uh, I haven't seen him since, I think, probably 
a month and a half or so ago. So he was out a little bit with a, a finger injury, uh, but he's uh, obviously 100% now and playing really well. And, and we'll see what they do against Cathedral. But Fishers has not probably had the season they hope to from a win-loss standpoint. But uh, anytime you got a guy like Harrelson on your team, you're, you're pretty scary. And, you know, going head-to-head with Cathedral will be a really good test for, uh, for, the, for him and the, the Fishers team tonight. All right, Kyle, as we get out of here for the weekend, uh, girls regional games, just a one-game regional championship. The semi-states will now be two games. You going to like this tomorrow? Yeah, I mean, I think I like the idea of it, I think. You know, we've, we've talked. I'm curious what it's going to end up looking like when they do the uh, redraw and, and all that. I mean, that's sort of interesting uh, for the semi-state, I mean. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, I, you know, I know people who kind of, have strong opinions either way. I don't really have one yet. I'm kind of just like, let's give us a couple of years and see what it looks like. And uh, I think it creates a little momentum for next week. I, I don't think, you know, I don't think that's a bad thing necessarily. So uh, yeah, I mean, I kind of, I kind of like it. It's makes for a, a shorter day tomorrow, uh, which, you know, is, was different, but uh, I think we'll make for a better week next week. And I think that's, you kind of get gain some momentum in the tournament rather than lose it, which I think is a good thing. All right, Kyle Nedrip, the Indianapolis Star, kind enough to give us some time on Fridays as we talk high school sports and recruiting and more. Kyle, have a great weekend. We'll talk with you soon enough here next week. Sounds good. Thanks, Matt. Have a good one. All right, that's going to wrap things up for this Friday show. Don't forget Providence at New Albany tonight. 7-15 is when our pregame coverage begins. You can catch us here on the Big X, 1450 AM, 96.1 FM, and streaming online at BigXSportsRadio.com. Of course, Big IU game Saturday as well, 5 p.m., the pregame show here on the Big X. And I'm back with you Sunday, or Monday, I should say, to recap the weekend and get another week of show started here at 11 a.m. This is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison.